Hello, hello. Welcome back to Toto Football. I am Louisa Seychelles and today I'm joined with Arsenal fan Johnny. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, good. Look, I mean, let's get realistic about things. It's a pretty good time to be an Arsenal fan. We've had tougher times. I'm sure you being a Palace fan, you've <laughs> cried for me in the past and, and us oh, yeah, Arsenal fans suffering with our couple of FA Cups over the last, you know, six or seven years, just struggling. But no, it does feel like we're resurging. It feels like we're, we've got lots to be hopeful for. Optimism is rife again. And again, as you know, what Arsenal fans are really great with optimism, but staying <laughs> humble. So yeah, I'm sure we're going to fire into it today, uh, get through some, uh, some of the pressing questions. And yeah, you'll get a real gauge on where uh, not only myself, but probably a large section of the Arsenal fan base uh, sit on it. Yeah, we'll do this Premier League season preview covering Arsenal today. I've done quite a lot of these clubs now, so be sure to check out Toto Football for all of them. We'll dive straight into previewing Arsenal's season. Last season, obviously finishing second, still a great season. No one expected you to even finish top four. Could have won the title. How did it feel when it was truly out of your hands at that point? Because I know you were very optimistic about it. Yeah, it is very hard. And, and I understand. I can Because I also kind of, I understand what it looks like from the outside world, from other fans of other clubs, what their perception of Arsenal and the fan base and the way we moved last year. But the reality is, is as much as we, some people would say we were getting carried away, all of this stuff, we were going, we were daring to dream, and why not? Look at what was happening on the pitch. For most of the season, we were the best team in the league, and that's just a straight up and down of it. Obviously, we got tracked down by a juggernaut that had been built over a series of years, a number of seasons, a number of transfer windows. They've got the best manager in the world, probably ever, if we're being honest. Some players that are all-timers as well. The likes of Kevin De Bruyne are still doing it. Ilkay Gundogan, absolute problem. And then they obviously brought in the cyborg. And some of this stuff is going to, you know, it, it it takes chunks out of you. And ultimately, it, it, it was it was too much for what was still a young squad. But that's one side of it. The other side that I think most Arsenal fans understand is that no one headed into last season going, oh, we're going to win the league this year. Far from it. We have You have to kind of put it in the context of what we just came from. We tr- were trying with a squad that probably wasn't, you know, befitting of that position to get top four. We narrowly lost out to our nearest rival, you know, uh, our bit of local rivals. And ultimately, that was a bottle job. That was late at, late at the end of the season. There were players that went hiding. And obviously, we, we pointed to their young age and their lack of experience in those situations. So to come in... The main thing we were looking for, a lot of fans were looking for, is top four. I wanted a little bit more. I wanted, you know, top four, at some point we have to start asking for more. So to put, you know, to add context to the season, running City down to the last few games, ultimately we lost out by six points to City. That is, you know, in a season where we lost home and away to them. And we had no business losing home and away. We shouldn't have lost at home. We dominated that game for most of it. And then ultimately, their know-how and now it's got them over the line. So you can see, you know, where the improvements can be made. So I've gone a long way about explaining, you know, the kind of holistic review of where we finished last season. But that ultimately means that, yes, disappointed. There's no way I could come and pretend anything other. But... You know, when you when you look at it broadly, it was a promising season and we've got every bit 
of optimism to take into next season that we can maybe go one further. Yeah, and it was just City's experience and their squad depth that kind of helped them out in the end. Obviously, Liverpool fans have been crying a few seasons when they won their 97, 98 points. City still come above them. This is kind of your first season dealing with Arsenal. So you kind of now know your players know what they actually need to do and how they have to keep it going, keep it going throughout the whole season. Arsenal already making big movements in the transfer window to prove that they want to stay challenging. They want it to not be a one-off last season. How impressed are you by the fact you've already made three signings and how happy are you with all these signings so far? I've got to say, I'm very impressed. Let's let's put it in context. A few years ago, there were massive cronky out protests and justifiably, and at that point he had to, you know, the KSE in general had to, you know, show some metal, prove their ambition and their intentions for the club. They also made the ill-fated move of being attached to the European Super League, which was a disaster and really illustrated how out of touch they were with fan sentiment. And I think there was a little bit of arrogance thrown in there, not least through some of the comments that Josh Kroenke made, um, you know, words to the effect of, we didn't realise how much you liked your trips to Burnley on a Wednesday, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's patronising. Yeah. The reality is, is I don't sit there and think, oh, you know, we, we need an owner that everyone wants to be best mates with. Ultimately, most of the time you want an owner who will pony up cash and at least match the ambitions of the fans. We are a massive club, a sleeping giant, we made the move across North London. Well, not across North London, but, you know, into the new stadium yeah. um, under the proviso that we were going to increase the infrastructure of the squad uh, of the team and our, you know, increase our revenue gained so much so that we'd be able to compete with the likes of Bayern Munich. That was what even Gazidis famously promised the fans. Now, it feels like we are finally starting to get into, I mean, let's be realistic. Bayern Munich did come in for Declan Rice. He said, no, yes. no, I want to go to a big team. I want to go to a big team and I want to <laughs> stay in London. And guess what? We fit the bill. We're a very serious outfit now. If you look at us, all of our big players, they're young, they're hungry. How much would Saka meet a, a catch on the open market? You know, how much would Martinelli? We're talking about, I, I, I heard it mentioned to me the other day, transfer market ranks us as the most expensive squad in the world now. When you look at some of those players that are going through, Martin Erdegaard is a triple figure million pound player as well. You know, so you're looking at a young a young squad that is looking absolutely terrifying. And so it was incredibly important that the the board and the team and the club in general matched, you know, the growing burgeoning promise that was already on the field by supplementing it with players from from the transfer market and players that were going to immediately be able to come in hit the ground running and start, um, you know, trying to fix or help some of the issues that we've faced. There was, there's long been uh, rumours that Granite Xhaka was going to go to Leverkusen. Obviously, that's a done deal now, but there's no surprises there. So we knew that we were going to have to fill in a midfield. And the reality is, is when Declan Rice is up and Man City are in, Bayern Munich are in, Man United just back out because they know they haven't got the teeth for it. You know that we are now dealing in the top, top markets. It's something that Arsenal have been dreaming of for years. When you add in Julian Timber, who looks like one of the best prospects from a defensive point of view in Europe, he looks absolutely mustard. And But more to the point, he looks like he fits the profile of player that Arteta has been identifying and, uh, and looking for to ingratiate into his unit. Very technically sound. 
I'm not sure he's going to be as defensively sound as Ben White, for instance. But going forward, which is sometimes where it uh, uh, it got a little bit disjointed. I think Ben White had a tremendous season last year. But th- when we're looking, you know, for a, for a season we had last year, which was excellent, you have to start fine-tuning things now. And from a, in a right-back point of view, we could get back from an offensive point of view. So, um, but l- let's be realistic. And, and obviously, Kai Harvard's is the most interesting signing. Yeah. I don't think anyone was looking at him before he came in thinking that's a player we had to sign. The jury's still out, if we're honest. I, I'm, we're all going to be fully behind him. We want him to succeed. But it, it it was a signing that people looked at and thought, I'm not sure where he completely fits into this. Um, I was terrified that this was going to be our centre-forward solution, <laughs> which was just be an absolute disaster. You know, yeah. we still need a centre-forward, may I add. But, you know, that will be an interesting one. And I hope that Arteta and, and the club have really done their homework and really, you know, got a, a strong plan for him because it, his is the most kind of... Oh, I wouldn't... I don't want to I don't want to speak out of turn here. It's it's the most puzzling transfer yeah. move that we've done so far. And that's not to say it's going to be a disaster, but it's just to say it doesn't naturally feel there. But the one thing I would say before we um, wrap on this... There's a lot of talk about the business that we've done this summer, and understandably so. It's been grabbing headlines. But perhaps the biggest business that we've done out of the whole window so far was actually re-signing players. And the William Saliba deal is absolutely going to be fundamental to what we do. When we worked together recently, I was outspoken and I said, I think he's the best defender in the league. I caught some people laughing. What are you laughing at? What are you (laughs) laughing at? The guy is absolutely mustard. I think this season will be... He will consolidate himself as being, you know, at the top when it comes to centre-halves in the Premier League. And uh, yeah, we're in a great position. Yeah, so much there. Obviously, Havertz, everyone was confused. It kind of came out of nowhere as well. It was like one of them ones where, oh, he's just being linked. It's just making a new story. And then all of a sudden it happened. But Arteta lately has proven if he's got a plan, he's going to push through with it. And last couple of seasons it's get it's getting there it's getting to where he wants it to be so it is really exciting to be an Arsenal fan I think how much money big six teams spent they argue with each other about it now I think it just needs to be thrown out the window because they're all spending huge amounts and it's because they need to it's because there is so much competition now between all the big teams you think Liverpool they never typically spend as much as possible now they're signing a couple centre mids they're going to get a few more in a big window from them really interesting obviously there you just brought up Saliba is he the man who is so key to you lot winning the title if you can do it? Look, when you when you look at it, show me a league winning side that hasn't had a stalwart centre half at the back yeah. who has been so much so the talisman of the team, certainly from a defensive unit. Every team needs them. You can't get to the titles really, certainly in this era, with ramshackle players who are just coming in, mailing it in. There are too many good teams these days. You know, we talked about it last year. Now, maybe maybe 15 years ago, if you had a team like Palace or someone like that, you could sit there and think, oh, you're probably going to do them most weeks, you know. Nowadays, yeah. you go to Sellers, that's a tough game. Yeah. Big teams get rolled over there and they're not the only ones. Brentford came into the league, giant killers. You know, yeah. it's not about just, oh, yeah, we're only worried about the top six. No. You need someone who is going to stand up to the test 
what I like about Saliba outside of his obscene footballing ability, but you you guys might not be privy to this because you're not Arsenal fans, you won't yeah, be yeah. consumers of much media, but some of the training footage, the guy's a full-on piss taker, he really is. <laughs> he goes around doing striker, uh, you know, striker exercises in training, dribbling past people, smacking balls in, and I only bring that up because this is not this. Can you imagine Harry Maguire doing that? Not yeah. happening. Tripping over his own feet. William Saliba is a baller. He is so comfortable with the ball at his feet. And there ain't many players like that in the world. There are some good players, good centre-halves who can take the ball. This guy is like, I'm better than your midfielders. He's physically imposing. I think he's going to go to a new level this year. And I think, again, Virgil van Dijk had his moment in the sun. He was a, he, he's was he been arguably, well, definitely one of the greatest central defenders the Premier League's ever seen. Some would have him top, probably Liverpool fans. But the reality is, is I think that he is done being at the top of his game. I think he's still a very good player. I don't think he's the best centre-half in the league anymore. Ruben Diaz and William Saliba are my choices at the moment. And I think that William Saliba will end up being able to show that he can he can do more. He's such a good ball player, but physically imposing. There's no one roughing him up. Of course, he still makes mistakes. He's 21. This year, obviously, going to be 22. Remember what you were doing when you were 22. I, I don't know. <laughs> a long time ago for me. Yeah. But, you know, there are some mistakes in there. But um, I just think he, he has all of the um, uh, faculties to become the outright best in the world. Yeah, and getting that contract tied down was an amazing bit of business because what last summer there was rumours he could be leaving. You know, he then came into that side, did what he did, and then when he got injured in March, you really could see a hole missing in that team. I think Gabriel's quality got a bit worse because he was on top form with Sleeper, and then when Sleeper dropped out, you thought Gabriel maybe was going a bit back to some of the mistakes from seasons before. So yeah, he is so key to you lot being good. I think he is up there at the moment with some of the top defenders. And, well, yeah, you said about training. I don't watch them too much. But if he's doing that in training, he's got that confidence at that age, at the top league, to do kind of what he wants. And that's what you need. Really interesting, the transfer window. Obviously, Gabriel Jesus, you kind of brought him up there about maybe he's not the right centre forward. Do you need that other striker to come in? I know it might not possibly happen, but if you were dreaming, would you like another number nine in? Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. dreaming, 100% I do. I, I don't want to be dreaming. I want this to start being a reality. I think we need to supplement our um, strike force. The reality is, is, and I don't I don't want to, you know, go hard on this guy. I think he's done well. Like He's proven it as a Prem player, but I don't think Eddie Nketiah is, I don't think he's good enough to take us to the next level. Ultimately, at this stage, when you start competing for big, big trophies, you need competition for places all over. And I think Gabby Jesus has proven that he's a very good player, uh, a very good player. And as a forward, he is, you know, he is absolutely fits the bill. But it comes down to a case of numbers sometimes with strikers. You've got to put the ball in the net. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, good at holding the ball up, bringing others into play. You're a striker and we need you scoring goals. And I, I, I up until now, I have seen not enough from a Jesus to make to convince me that he is going to be a 20 goal a season striker. I think he's always going to fall short of that mark. And the problems come in when there's always going to be that direct comparison with who replaced him at City and the guy who's reinvented the wheel when it comes to what you would expect out of a, a striker in the Premier League, certainly one that is going to propel you to a league title. So I, I don't think that we are constituted in the way 
that a Man City are, for instance, where, you know, 90% of their goals are coming from one guy. But we have goal sources all over the pitch. So we don't need that guy to be hitting 40 goals a year like Haaland. But we've got to be getting more than, you know, 12, 13. We can't have our wing attackers as our top scorers. Like, you know, we, we need we, we need more production. So I personally, if it wasn't for all the, um, you know, betting scandal and the and the um, subsequent ban, I would have certainly moved on Ivan Tony in a heartbeat. I think he's got all of the attributes that we would need. And ultimately, I, I wouldn't rule that out because if you went to Brentford, I would say, well, obviously we'll be getting a knockdown price because he's not going to be playing for half a season. And they might think, well, we need to cash in now. And obviously, when you look at Jesus' season last year, the first half of the season, he was as good as anyone. He just seemed to tail off. If he could do that again, and then we had Ivan Tony coming in just after Christmas, that might be the kind of thing that we would need. But, you know, at the moment, we've got Nketiah and Balogun, and one of them at least is going this year. Yeah. So if Balogun does go and we do get a decent sum for him, then I would I would be happy with reinvesting that in in another forward, but one who is going to not just be part of the furniture, but one who's going to challenge for starting places. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And player like Tony is such a good shout. The physicality he's got as well as how prolific he is. He'd be a top striker. Such a shame he's going to be bound for half a season. You know, yeah, you could maybe get a cut price deal for him. And it's interesting because that, City, Jesus moved to that kind of right winger position where he kind of wanted to be, apparently. But yeah, I think he is good. You do just need squad depth. And if you're competing with City, you you need twice as much squad depth as you thought you did in the first place. Obviously, Champions League next season. I think first time since like 2016. How exciting are you for that? And how far can you go? Yeah, really excited. I think that the champ being back in the Champions League is the prize you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for last year. Disappointing, yes, but at least there's some remnants of the fact that we had a very good season. It's been a long time since we've been back there. A lot of years in the Europe, in the Europa League. You know, ultimately disappointing. Even getting to the final, losing. In a competition that we've had more than enough to be able to win at different times and we've never got over the line. Arsenal's legacy is still the third most successful, you know, domestic team. But that's that's from a domestic level. In, when it comes to European success, it's been quite frankly embarrassing. Throw in a, a cup winners' cup in '94 and a, and a European Fairs Cup, that is not enough for a club of our size. We need to start dominating in Europe at, at periods. I know you can't do it all the time, but I mean, what are we doing? We had a season where we got an unbeaten team in the, in the toughest league in the world, and we couldn't win the Champions League. It's not been good enough. I really want us to start putting our um, best foot forward in Europe. And look, let's get realistic. I think we're, we're, we have clearly the best league in the world now. Yes, City won the Champions League. And um, to be honest, they won the treble. They, they're competing on all fronts and they still managed to win the um, Champions League pretty handily. So when you think about who you might be competing next year, well, we're going to try and catch City in the league. So why not try and catch City in the Champions League as well? I expect us to certainly get through the group stages. Otherwise, it will be a miserable performance and there will rightly be some serious questions being asked. We are not in the Champions League just to make up numbers. There's no point in being in it. 
Because one of the problems with the late Wenger era was like, you know, we were getting into a stage where it's like, yeah, we qualify for the Champions League every year. Yeah, we get out of group stages, we get knocked out the first time we face serious opposition. No one wants that. We're in it to win it. And maybe we might just catch that competition sleeping. They're not familiar with our game recently. You know, the headlines are around Arsenal again. They might have heard us in the news popping up a little bit. But a lot of these teams, your Barcelona's, your Real Madrid's, they ain't seen this for a while, buying Munich's. And we're going to have to come out there and show them what we're about these days. And yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping for big things. Yeah, I think for like Premier League teams now, you've got to be targeting the quarters minimum and then see where you can go from there. Getting knocked out in the first knockout stage is just, just not good enough anymore for how good the Premier League quality is. Mikel Arteta as well. Big season for him. That's all for today. Big thanks to Johnny. Would you like to plug any channels before you go, mate? Yeah, I'm a co-host on the Arsenal Opinion podcast. I understand, you know, um, you, you, there might not be loads of Arsenal fans listening. I don't know. In fact, there might be. So yeah. definitely get involved. And to be honest, we've got a few fans of other teams as well we get involved. So do check us out over at the Arsenal Opinion podcast. And you can follow me on my socials at I, Johnny Cochran. Thank you. Perfect. That's been it from Toto Football. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to check Johnny out. And we'll see you later.